Hello and welcome to another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. I'm your friend, Phil Vecchio, and on this episode we'll be discussing Season 5, Episode 15 of Family Ties. This episode is titled Higher Love, and it originally aired on January 22nd, 1987. And with me as always to discuss this episode is my very special co-host, Keith. Phil, how are you, sir? Fantastic. How are you doing? I am most excellent. Excellent. That's a very <laughs> California way to answer, dude. <laughs> right? Most excellent. You had an excellent week this week, an exciting event with your company that Janelle got to go to. Yeah, it was a super good show. Had a lot of fun. It is a lot of work to put on. The setup is a lot. The teardown's a lot. It's at the Disneyland Hotel. So, I mean, it was just, we had such a good time, but it is a quick couple of days. And, you know, it's like the culmination of like, oh, well, for my boss, it's the culmination of months of work. But for us, yeah. you know, like, you know, we start the inviting process and, you know, all of it. So it's crazy, but lots of fun giveaways. And I almost got auctioned off at one point. I don't know if Janelle <laughs> told you that. So no, she didn't mention that part. <laughs> yeah. Um, my boss, Devin, turned the, the microphone over to, to my coworker, Alfie, and me. And uh, we were going around the room doing some giveaways. And so he starts off with, hey, this is Keith. You know, uh, he's the first item on, on the docket today. You know, what are my bids? <laughs> Nobody said anything, but I feel like that's okay, right? That's all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then we started giving away real prizes. So it was way more fun. Well, Janelle was excited because she actually won something. Yeah, what did she win? I can't remember. She got a, a whiteboard desk or table or something like that. Oh, that's right. From Safeco. Yeah. Very cool. She was super stoked about that. Yeah, so we'll be setting that up for delivery here probably pretty quick. So, Well, they had a really good time. She was excited to win something. They had great food, apparently. There's a lot of good Disney food, which is really cool. Yeah. And she also took some great pictures of you, which I believe she shared... In the Alex B. Keaton is my friend group on Facebook, a group for the Friends of the Alex B. Keaton is my friend podcast. I believe I saw that. <laughs> she shared some good pics in there. Yeah. Uh, of you and her and her friend Trisha, and also some fans of the show that she met at the event. Keith, tell us about our fans that I didn't even know we had. Yeah, well, we've talked about Dave before. It's been a while, though. I thought maybe this was just your friend, you know, that was, like, patronizing you because you're co-workers or something. But, like, when Janelle talked to him and his wife, Misty, Dave and thank Misty. you, Dave and Misty, she said that they knew who she was and knew who I was, like, without her telling. She said that, oh, my husband does a podcast with Keith. And they're like, oh, your husband is Phil? Oh, my gosh. We're, like, huge fans. <laughs> so, like, unprompted, unless you prompted them to say that, which is okay. I don't want to know. Don't tell me if you did. No, I didn't actually, so... Okay, so, like, actual, like, people that listen to the show, and they were, like, going on about it and stuff, so... Yeah. That was pretty cool. It was super cool, and he told me later, he's like, oh my gosh, I got to meet Janelle! And I was like, <laughs> yes! She said she got to meet you! So, she said she took a picture, and he's like, she did! So <laughs> Excellent. He was well, all she super she got the pumped. okay to share it, so yeah. she shared it there. Yeah, no, it was super fun when worlds collide, you know? Awesome. I couldn't believe it. I honestly wouldn't have believed it. I would have thought she was just buttering me up. But Trisha was there, and she confirmed that they did, in fact, know who I was unprompted. 
Well, let's really talk about the coolest thing is I got to meet Trisha because I I don't know anything about her other than everything I've heard on the show. I know you guys have had a game night together and I mean, you know, you've gone to movies with her husband, but it was so fun to get to meet her. I'm like, I know you. Kind so of. crazy. <laughs> and she knew all about you. So, yeah, it was this weird. I mean, it was one of those things where. I guess I just didn't realize you guys had never met, but there really wasn't a specific thing where you would have. But, like, two of our, like, closest friends that have never met each other. It's crazy. Yeah, we got to meet each other. And she was so nice and so cool. So, yeah. No, I was so glad that they got a chance to come. And they both told me that they were excited to come next year. So, they will definitely be on that guest list. Oh, good. Well, it's funny because we were talking on the Mandarin Orange Show before you said this just now. And Janelle's like, yeah, we're already planning on going next year. And I'm like, don't you have to be invited? Like, that's a little presumptuous, isn't it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, once you're in the family, you're always invited. Well, okay, good. You're <laughs> They're in the family now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much fun. I, I got, like, the play-by-play updates throughout the day and sounded like it was a good time. It was. I had a really good time. So, And I was working. And those are the days when I'm like, man, I have the coolest job in the world when... Okay, I got to go to Disneyland and work today, you know, <laughs> Disneyland Hotel. And they get paid to eat a really awesome lunch and have fun snacks. And you got to park on the roof, or at least Janelle got to park on the roof. Is that, like, where you parked, too? No, I got there early, and they would opened up a special lot for us. And uh, so okay. we they parked us in the other side. Well, it might have been closer, but she was excited they got to go up to the roof. So I did park on the roof before, and it's a little bit weird to try to find your way down. It's not just, like, an elevator that goes down? Well, I never found that part, so it was kind of weird. <laughs> I probably should have spent more time looking, but I was, like, a little bit late that year, and so I was like, oh, my gosh, I gotta hurry. So you just, like, rappel off the roof? How did you actually make it down? (laughs) No, I walked down the ramp, like, where the cars come up, so I just had to watch for cars going up. (laughs) I'm not a smart man, Phil. (laughs) I think you're smart, but maybe not observant. There's a difference. Yeah, no. (laughs) When I had parked it, like, right by it, when I... Because I literally was in a hustle and I pulled in and I just I parked the car at the first spot and then I ran down there. I looked around for a second. I'm like, I don't know how to get down. So I just went. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you found it. (laughs) Well, and, you know, because we did it during the Halloween season, there was no rooms available at the Disneyland Hotel. So I had to stay at a different resort. But this time I planned ahead and I got there early. So I was fine. Smart. Traffic wasn't bad the three blocks I had to drive. October used to be like one of the dead zones at Disneyland until like Halloween got all huge. Oh my gosh, it's nuts now. You know, they have the reservation system. And so I I know a few people that have been trying to get a reservation. And it's almost impossible unless you're like, you happen to hit the refresh button, you know, the day of. And somebody had canceled and you just happen to be the right place, right time and get a, a spot. That's wild. Because in college, yeah. we used to go down to Disneyland in October because that was when no one was there and we'd get to go on all the rides without lines and stuff. Yeah, October was an awesome month. Yeah. September was pretty good, too, because once all the schools started, like it's really slowed down a lot. But now I don't know that there is a slow season at Disney. Midweek in February is probably your best bet. But even then, it's... Well, you got to be careful because you never know if you're going to have like, you know, the, a storm of the century there kind of thing. And uh, you got to bring extra shoes and socks and uh, sweaters. And <laughs> that's the best lines of all. I can tell you that personally. <laughs> yeah, I know you can. <laughs> but yeah, so needless to say, I was a little bit tired over the weekend. And, uh, you know, there was no rest for the wicked. So run, run, run. Sha-la-la-la. Speaking of big events and things that I was really looking forward to for me, 
I have like kind of I don't know I can't remember if I mentioned this on the show or not, but I have like sort of sad news to tell you at least because this week on Thursday our plan was to go and see a live show with an actual cast member of Family Ties. Mark Price, Skippy himself, is doing a live show in Arizona. On Thursday the 26th. On Thursday the 26th. And our plan was to go out and see it. He posted like on his Facebook page and on his like website about this event. And I'd been kind of keeping an eye out on the website for the, the venue, which is like a hotel casino out there. Mm-hmm. You know, looking for the tickets to pop up and they weren't showing up. And I called once to the place. And the person I talked to had, like, no idea about it at the events thing. The funny thing is this hotel, I won't name it because I don't want to make fun of a particular one. But when you call their, like, event line, you know, like, they have big concerts and comedians and stuff. The number you press is for the gift shop and entertainment. And the person (laughs) that answers is literally the person running the gift shop. And they're like, oh, yeah, let me look at the flyer. They're like, oh, I don't see anything on that date. Sorry, I'll c- call back later. I'm like, okay. You can hear people like ringing up at the you know cash register behind them and stuff. So wow. I called a couple more times. Still no more news. Mark Price still has the thing up on his website and on his Facebook page and everything. I finally, I think it was just yesterday or the last couple of days, I got through to someone again at the place. And I explained the situation. I'm like, I got this flyer. And they're like, let me look around. And they said, oh, you know what? This is why. It's not from our regular events thing. It's actually our lounge, and it's like a separate sub-venue, I guess, they have at this place that I guess they don't communicate with each other. So she transferred me over to there, and I talked to the people at the lounge. Well, it turns out the event is happening on Thursday, but it's like a VIP event only for the High Rollers Club at this casino. No way. Yes, and she's like, oh, what like level is your membership at the club? Well, we have actually been here to this place. And we got the, like, free thing that you get for, like, just showing up, you know, or they give oh, you a yeah. card and give you some coupons and everything. I'm like, whatever level that is. And I'm like, well, if you go up a couple more levels, and I'm like, how do you go up the levels? And it's just by gambling large amounts of money. Like, the more you gamble, the higher up your level goes. And if anybody knows you, they know that you're not a big gambler. Like, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I would be willing to gamble up to the point of where I would have paid for tickets. So if I could spend like 40 bucks or something, you know, like that's cool. I was going to spend that anyway. Yeah, let's do it. It's not like I'm like three levels down from the level of this VIP event. So Uh, there's no way I'm getting to this event. So we're not going after all. Oh, what a bummer. I even said on his Facebook page we were coming, but I didn't realize that I had to like, you know, gamble a bunch to get there. (laughs) That's strike two. Because the last one, I don't think we mentioned this either, but we were going to go out and see him at a convention, but it turned out to be like a horror convention, like about horror movies and stuff. And like, you know, there's certain scary movies I'm into, but I'm not enough to go to like a whole horror convention and just wasn't the right fit, you know? Yeah, no, that's definitely a hard out for me. So one of these days we're going to catch him again, like just in a regular, because he does like regular stand up shows too. That's yeah. what I'm trying to catch, but they're just mostly not in California. So we just need to find one where he's just doing like a regular thing and it could be, you could just buy a ticket and go. Yeah, that's what that's what I thought this one was, but I was wrong because they're doing a whole <laughs> series of comedians at the regular venue. So I thought it was part of that, but this is like their VIP one. Oh, that's such a bummer. You know, I mean, good for Mark, you know, that's, that's cool that he's like the VIP treat, you know, but yeah, not good for me because I'm cheap Man. and I'm not going to. 
I'm not going to gamble that much. <laughs> well, what a fun meet and greet, though. Like, you know, if you're a fan of the show and you're a high roller and, like, yeah. you know, you get to meet somebody super cool. And, you know, I know we're going to talk about it later, but, you know, surprise, surprise, who was in the episode? That's right. Oh, Skippy's so back. So good. Sha-la-la-la. Shall we talk about this episode that we just had here? Yeah, please do. Talk about a great episode. Well, we open the episode, of course, in the Keaton kitchen, and we find out that Andy has been really wanting a dog, and he's not going to get a dog because the main reason is that Mallory is allergic to dogs. That's kind of the setup for our whole B story this episode. Andy wants a dog, and Steven is sitting down in the chair, and he's like barking, acting like a dog. They're trying to like (laughs) wrangle him. And he comes up to Steven, and he's like, I want a dog. And Steven's like, we're not getting a dog. And Andy bites him on the leg. And the response <laughs> was not like, don't bite, or, you know, some kind of, like, <laughs> reprimand. It was, okay, I guess we'll get some kind of pet. <laughs> yeah, that was Heidi's first uh, notion as well. She's like, hmm, let's reward that behavior and get him a pet now. Yep, exactly, immediately. Because he was, like, very bratty. Oh, yeah. Not the sweet little Andy And so out of character. But, you know, when kids want something, I guess. Sure. Meanwhile, Mallory comes in and we find out that she has invited her poetry reading group to have their meeting at the Keatons. This is a group from her college. She's very excited because Colin Spencer, who runs this group, apparently is someone who she at least admires and maybe a little more. We'll we'll see here. Bum, bum, bum. She's providing some snacks. She asked Alex to get croissants, but he got Pop-Tarts and said, I don't think those were like actual They were the Pop-Tarts. real ones, weren't they? Were they? Yeah, because I thought they said Kellogg's on them. It was kind of hard to see, but remember the boxes used to be white with the blue writing? Well, maybe so. I guess I didn't look close enough. It looked off to me, but I didn't think about how old it would be. Pop-Tarts from 1987. Okay, well, there you go. One way or another, there was a lot of Pop-Tarts talk in this episode. I almost wonder if it wasn't like a promotion thing yeah you might be right actually because they even said like i mean the real name of them instead of toaster pastries or right exactly whatever kind of so all their like generic colas they have and stuff like that so i'm looking at a vintage 1987 pop tarts box and it's white and some of them have blue writing some have red huh. writing depends on what's inside all right well that must be it then oh they had a special flavor of the year that year phil do you want to know what flavor it was I do. What was it? Peanut butter and jelly. Oh, that's horrible. I, well, I, I know like how much butter. you hate peanut butter, but I'll tell you what. They do a peanut butter cookie one, and they've got the little sugar dusting on top instead of the frosting. But it's amazing when you cook it and throw a little butter on top. Mm. Not for you, I know. But Not for me. For this guy. Five stars. Well, I remember like the old Pop-Tarts, but they had like no frosting. It was just like... The crust all the way around. Yeah, and they were still amazing. Still loved still them. Still good. But the frosting yeah. makes it better. It does make it better. It does make it better indeed. Oh my gosh, on eBay you can buy a set of four boxes from the 90s, which ironically they're kind of the same uh, look as the one from 1987. $64 for just the boxes, not the Pop-Tarts. Wow. From the 90s, yeah. I guess if you're like doing a set decoration for a TV show set in the 90s, oh. that would be a steal, you know? I guess know what you're worth, you know? Yeah. <laughs> How funny. <laughs> but I do love a Pop-Tart, so I was super glad that... I mean, I love croissants, too, and I love a croissant sandwich, but... Me, too. Nothing beats a Pop-Tart. Pop-Tarts are good. 
This show is not sponsored by Pop Tarts either, but if they wanted to, Pop Tart. <laughs> Kellogg's, we've got gotcha. you. <laughs> We're there. And Disney subsequently. I mean, we gave Disney a lot of love earlier, so. That's true. <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah. Well, Mallory's concerned that Colin Spencer is impressed. She does not want him to think that she's dumb. So she's doing everything she can to get this thing set up right, which I think is great that she just, like, springs this poetry meeting at their house on the parents. Everything always revolves around the Keaton house, so it makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, and there was, like, 15 or 20 people there, it looked like. There's quite a few people in that room. Yeah, there were. It was, like, crowded in the living room. So Colin, though, comes in the kitchen and meets everybody, and he's very suave and sophisticated, I guess, and clearly enamored with Mallory, which is to be expected. Well, she was wearing a really cool blue dress, so I don't blame him. Oh, she was. I didn't even notice her dress. (laughs) The poetry reading itself, I mean, there was a lot of actual poetry read in this episode, which was, I gotta be honest, I'm not a huge poetry guy, really. I like Skippy's take on poetry, so I'm with with Skippy. I definitely agree. Skippy's sitting there in the audience, Colin reads the poem, and Skippy's like, look, I gotta tell you, you missed the mark on this one. Like, it doesn't even rhyme. He's like, if I got that on a card, I would throw the card away. It's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with Skippy. (laughs) I agree, absolutely. (laughs) Oh, and the uh, Joyce's assessment of the poem, and then Mallory's assessment was so good. Yeah, Joyce goes on this big, eloquent thing about what the the poem means, and he's like, sure, sure. And then Colin's like, what do you think, Mallory? And she's like, uh, it's really neat, but it's really sad. And he's like, amazing. It's an amazing <laughs> assessment. Oh, very insightful. Oh, you know, it's, again, very clearly into her. Yeah. So meanwhile, they're having this meeting, and in the front door comes Nick. coming. I think he wants to go to a, some kind of a car rally. I didn't write down what it was. but some Dirt kind bike of a, races. That's what it was. Dirt At bike the Coliseum. Race. It's probably one of those, like, Sunday, 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 like, those kind of (laughs) events. And he comes in. The part, I don't know why this is the thing, but he's got, like, a quart of milk with him, and he's just drinking straight out of the quart. Well, because you never know when you're going to be thirsty, and milk just satisfies, right? Yeah. And then he, like, offers it, or anyone wants some milk, you know? (laughs) This milk is for everyone. (laughs) Which is super, super uh, inviting, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So sure he just drank out of it. (laughs) Right. And who knows, probably warm, you know. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> gross. So he kind of like interrupts the meeting. He's talking about going to this rally and, and Mallory's all embarrassed and kind of shoes him out. And he's like, all right, fine, you know, I'll go. And he takes off, but leaves his milk on the table behind. And oh. Colin then he's like, you know, this is a good chance. Let's let's call it a night. And he kind of shoes everybody out. But he stays afterwards to talk to Mallory. He sits her down. The camera moves in at a very uncomfortable close-up angle of Mallory. So close and weird. Very, Just a weird angle. And he reads this like very romantic poem to her. And she's like, wow. And then he asks her if she will go out with him like on a date. And she's like, wow. But no, like I'm really flattered. But, you know, I've been dating Nick. And she like picks up the milk to kind of show, like to represent <laughs> Nick, you know. And he's like, yeah. Nick. <laughs> And he's like, well, you don't have to answer right away. I just want you to think about it. And then in what felt like an even closer close-up, he's like, leans in and kisses her really weird. Yes. In like the most crazy, awkward close-up kiss. So that's that's the setup here. He's very 
obviously interested and Mallory's like she doesn't say like no no she kind of like hesitates about it so something leads him on meanwhile we are back in the kitchen a little bit later and Andy comes in everyone comes in and we find out that instead of a dog they got an alternate pet for Andy which is a goldfish and this is their solution to it you know because Mallory's not allergic to fish and they're talking about the benefits of a fish. They also have a discussion over what to name the fish. Steven wants to call it Mr. Fish. <laughs> Alex wants to call it Kissinger, as in Henry Kissinger. And, right. And uh, Andy wants to call it Lassie, as in the dog. Because <laughs> he, he wants a dog. Because he wants the dog, yeah. <laughs> so that's just a little peek into the bee story there. Then Mallory comes in, and all of a sudden Mallory is speaking in these very eloquent, poetic words. She is uh, just very, very enraptured in the whole poetry thing, and obviously in uh, in Colin as well. In fact, she's sitting there saying poetry, and then a flower delivery comes in. We got a delivery guy who has like one line, and he is actually credited as a guest star, so oh, don't forget okay. about him. No, I won't. Anyway, she gets the flowers and she's like super like excited about it and she's like, How do you how do you know when you're in love, Alex? And he tells her that he has an inexplicable desire to spend money on a girl. That's how he knows he's in love. <laughs> but she's like, But how do normal people know they're in love? And uh, when he sees the situation between Nick and Colin, Alex tells her to dump them both and start fresh in the morning. <laughs> so, so Alex, typical. Very Alex. So then, a little bit later, we're, I think it's in the living room now, and we've got the fishbowl, and Andy is talking to the fishbowl, and he actually drops a dog bone into the fishbowl, like a, a doggy <laughs> snack. Yeah, and they're a like, giant oh, dog bone, too. Huge, right? And they're like, where did he get that from? And they said, Skippy gave it to him as like a treat for the fish. And they're like, Skippy doesn't have a dog. And we find out that Skippy's grandma gives him dog treats if he does stuff well. <laughs> I know. That's what Jennifer pops up right from behind everybody. She's sitting at like the little table there in the living room. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, Jennifer's alive. She was just had a couple little bits. She was definitely not in it a whole lot this time. No. They also get a new fish as a companion. And the new fish, the debate on the name is between Bubbles or Agnew, as in Spiro T. Agnew, who I believe was the vice president for Nixon. Nixon. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. yes. yes. Okay. Thought so. I meant to look it up, but I went off my like memory, and so, phew. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know, but I know that each time you learn about him, that you learn things Agnew. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad that's pretty bad almost as bad as mallory's poem that she's coming in with she comes down the stairs and she's saying this poem and she keeps saying pourquoi in it which is french for but why i think is that something along those lines yeah or i think for so. what for, for i don't, know, what? I don't yeah. speak french but something along those lines porque means like how come in Spanish, so I'm assuming it's similar. She's speaking in this poetic language again, and she says, it's a new poem I'm working on. It's called Pourquoi. It's French, I think. And Alex is like, well, that makes you illiterate in two languages. <laughs> so the door, we get a knock on the door, and Alex, in the spirit of poetry, says, what ho, the door. And in comes Nick. And Mallory is still holding these flowers that she got delivered from Colin. 
and she tries to hide him from Nick, but he sees them, and he's like, who's that from? And he, you know, looks at the card and figures out that it's from Colin. And he's like, oh, yeah, that guy's kind of a wimp. And Mallory's like, oh, he's not a wimp. He's just intellectual or whatever. And he's like, it's cool. It's it's good to meet a couple of wimps, you know, in your lifetime. <laughs> and she's trying to, like, break it to him that she, like, might be interested in Colin. And she tells him that he asked her out. And he's like, well, that's fine. You told him no, though, right? And she's like, well, I haven't really yet. And Nick is just heartbroken. He can't believe that she hasn't said no. And he kind of storms out. He's like, fine, that's how it's going to be. I understand. And he leaves. Oh, it was so sad. This is devastating. I mean, this is Nick we're talking about here. Oh, yeah. We now go to the next meeting of the poetry group. Skippy, once again, is listening to him. He's like, I, I hate to like keep coming back to this, but... It really, it still doesn't rhyme. There's something wrong with this poem, you know. <laughs> and he's right. It didn't rhyme. No, it did not. So uh, the meeting concludes, and everyone's kind of starting to clear out. And Joyce, who had, you know, an insightful view of that last poem, she sticks around, and she talks to Mallory, and she kind of gives her, her a heads up about Colin, that he basically is like this wannabe ladies man who every year he finds like a new girl that he's going to be interested in and he latches on to her and and just kind of you know adds her to his trophy case as it were and she's like Mallory's like no he's not like that and then Joyce runs through his whole entire like romantic shtick that he does where he's gonna fade the lights down he's gonna tell you about this poetry book he has and a mandolin that he found and all these things that he's gonna say and the song that he's gonna sing and Mallory's like no 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 you're wrong Joyce is like all right well we'll see how it goes Skippy comes back in, as Colin does, and he's like, oh, okay, it's time to go. And Colin's like, actually, you know, I'm going to do a, pr- a tutoring session, so you-, you can go. And Skippy's like, oh, that's great. I could use some tutoring. And he's like, no, Skippy, this is just for Mallory. It's a private lesson. You need to go. And as he, like, pushes Skippy out the door, we find out that Mallory drove Skippy to this meeting. And he's like, I don't know how I'm going to get home. But they <laughs> just kick and him out for door on him. He's all, oh, okay, bye. <laughs> Poor Skippy. So, sure enough, Colin does exactly what Joyce had laid out. He fades the lights down, he pulls out the poetry book, and he does the mandolin. He says all the lines that she said he would say, including singing the exact song that she said he was going to sing. Mallory realizes, of course, and she's, like, so upset. At least you could have learned a new song. It's the same one you did for Joyce last year. And he's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And she storms out. Very upset. 100%. One more time back at the house with the fish. You come to find out that Mr. Fish is missing. Very, very upsetting. They're not sure what happened. And then Alex comes with Andy and they say that Bubbles slash Agnew, the new fish, ate Kissinger, the original fish. And Andy's <laughs> like, yeah, he just opened up his jaw and ate him whole. No. <laughs> and I'm like, what kind of goldfish did they get? Maybe it was one of those uh, fishes that's called an Oscar because they eat other fish. I mean, is that a real thing? Yeah, so my friend had an Oscar, and you would feed it live goldfish. He would put like three or four different live goldfish in about every other day, and it would uh, eat one like pretty much right off the bat because it was always pretty hungry. And then it would play with the other two for, you know, over the span of the next day and eat both of them. That's so weird. I guess we never saw the second fish, to be fair, so it could be. Or a beta. I mean, if it was a beta, I don't know. The betas don't eat them, but they'll fight other fish. Interesting. Well... That was kind of the conclusion of the fish saga. And the rest of the family kind of scoots out as Mallory comes in. And Elise stays in there and is talking with her. And Mallory kind of tells her the story. And Elise is like, look, 
you know, just because this guy was like a creep doesn't mean you shouldn't be into poetry because you really seem to like be enjoying it and you're really good at it. And she's like, every every woman has a Colin Spencer, you know, in their life. And Mallory's like, well, did you have one? And she tells us about Granville Mitchell from her ballet class who sweet-talked her in a similar way. And even though he turned out to be a creep, she still likes dancing, even though Mallory's a little skeptical about her dancing skills. <laughs> well, she started laughing. I mean, Elise is all, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> so finally, Elise is like, well, let's go up to bed. And Mallory's like, well, I'll be up in a little while. And she goes over to the phone and she picks it up and she dials Nick and she says, hi, Nick, it's me. Do you want to go get some tacos? And then it freezes. Like the most sudden freeze frame of ever. Right? And she's got kind of a smile on her face, so you assume that, you know, he said yes. I mean, I sure hope so. Well, I hope it was Tuesday. It must have been. Because also, if everyone's going to bed, it's pretty late to go get tacos. So there must have been a late night taco situation going on. I wonder if they had Jack in the Box. I suppose. I mean, it was the 80s, so Jack in the Box is around. Oh, yeah. That must have been it. Because I just can't imagine, like, too many taco places open late at night in Ohio in 1987. Mm-hmm. I do think, though, that it sounds like Nick is still her choice, and I think he's going to forgive her. But, man, it was it was close. You're like, no, Mallory cannot break up with Nick. He's the best. Right? Well, the only reason why I didn't freak out is because I know that he still has, like, 30 more episodes to go. So <laughs> Yeah, we're okay for now. <laughs> yeah. Phew. Sha-la-la-la. We did have several guest stars this episode. Should we talk some guest stars? Yes, please. Colin looked familiar, so when we get to him, I'll be curious to see what else he's done. Interesting. Okay, well, I guess we'll go we'll go in order because Colin is the first one that is credited. But the person that I recognized right away was Joyce. Did you happen to recognize her at all? Oh no, I didn't. Oh, interesting. Okay, well, we'll get to her, I guess, in order. Because the first one, like I said, is Colin. So Colin Spencer was played by Jonathan Emerson. Got 46 acting credits, actually. So I'm curious if there's something you do know him from. As recently as 2021, he's still acting. He was in a TV show called The Shrink Next Door, which is on Apple TV. It's actually one of the ones that Janelle and I watched on there. Oh, nice. Did you like the show? We did. We liked it a lot. It was darkly funny. It was like kind of based on a true story, and it was weird, but also really good. He was in one episode of that. Now, he did like a ton of one-offs here and there, such as Fresh Off the Boat, Modern Family, then a Law and Order, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. He also was in a movie that I really like called Mars Attacks. It was a, a Tim Burton movie in yes. 1996. Do you remember that one? I do. I like that movie, but it was a little bit weird, and not a lot of people liked it. Very weird. That's an accurate uh, depiction of it, but the most significant thing about that movie is Michael J. Fox is in it. That's right. Yeah, like every celebrity was in that movie. Yeah, tons and tons. So he had like you know a small part, like a lot of actors did, but Michael J. Fox in that one, and Jonathan Emerson as a newscaster in the movie, but still, that's mm. significant. He was also in a TV series, an animated Dumb and Dumber TV series, which apparently is a thing that exists. No, it does not. I mean, according to IMDb, it's there, so I don't There's know. There's no way. Okay, this is interesting. He was in one episode of Cheers, so Ooh. I want you to keep that in mind as we come back around to a different actor that we do. One episode of Cheers. Okay. And uh, one more to mention outside of Family Ties. He was in a movie called The Couch Trip. 
This is one that I've talked about a number of times before because for whatever reason, there's a lot of overlap with Family Ties. The Couch Trip star Dan Aykroyd and Walter Matthau. It's really, really funny and just kind of a good like late 80s comedy. It's about mm-hmm. like a crazy guy, a guy he like a guy who travels to see his uh psychologist, you know, a couch trip because he's on a, oh, a yeah. couch, a you know. And, and, yeah. and I, I think maybe like one of the one of the guys who is the shrink actually goes crazy. I can't remember all the details, but it was funny and good and stuff. So that nice. one he was okay. in. However, this is his only family ties episode, so we're safe. Oh okay. No well. need for worry about Nick, you know, she's not going with Colin. Well hopefully Incidentally, Family Ties was his first ever acting job. So once again, Family oh. Ties discovering talent. Breaking new new talent. Okay, next, in credited order, at least according to IMDb, we had the delivery boy who delivered one line. Oh, and some flowers. And some flowers. Delivery boy played by Chad McCann. Chad McCann has only four acting credits, so I'm just going to read them all. Turns out he can't keep acting. <laughs> Apparently not, because he was in... The first one was 85, the last one was 88, and then there's not really any biographical information about him or anything. He was in this one episode of Family Ties as the delivery boy, so we're not getting another one of those. He was in a show called The Tortellis as also a delivery boy, so I guess he was kind of typecast. Okay. Incidentally, Tortellis. The Tortellis is a spinoff of Cheers. The tort- oh, that's uh, Carla. Yeah, that's right. It's, they did like a, I think it was one season with, uh, and it's Dan Hedaya, I think is her husband. Mm-hmm. Did one season, didn't like take, but so he was in the spinoff, and then the other guy was in the main show. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. He was also in a 1985 movie called Tough Turf, starred James Spader. So never heard of that one, but Ultron himself. Yeah, that's right. And then finally, he was in a movie called Hellbent with no one's name that I recognize. So <laughs> that's it. And, and that's why he only has four acting credits. So he did get at least a name in Tough Turf. He was uh, T- Troy, but in Hellbent, he was a paramedic. So I wonder like how hard he tried to be an actor, you know, because I feel like as terrible as that is, he only got four different jobs. And yeah. was it him? Was it just wrong place, wrong time for everything? Maybe Such he was a just bummer. in college and needed a job for a little bit, you know? I mean, who knows? Yeah. I mean, maybe that was his sitting in the audience and watching uh, the Roseanne Barr show. Yeah, because I, I did all kinds of little extra crowd stuff like that back then, so. Yeah, you because know. you get a little something to eat, and then you'd also get a couple of bucks in your pocket. That's right. Yeah. Worth it. And what else were you going to do? <laughs> That's right. I mean, sit around, do nothing. <laughs> right? Well, finally, <laughs> we have Joyce. Joyce is played by Penelope Ann Miller. Does that name ring a bell to you? It does, but I can't think of why yet. She's in so much stuff. I I recognize her immediately upon seeing her. She's still acting like she's got upcoming projects. Most recently, Dahmer, that like documentary, documentary, bio series, whatever, about Jeffrey Dahmer, which I did not see because that's not my thing, but I guess it was very popular. So she is in that, but so much stuff. She has uh, 88 acting credits. And I'm just going to skim through just a little bit of it because she's been in so much stuff that is important. Okay. I'm sure you'll recognize at least some of it. Let's see. The Artist, which was like a the Academy Award winning like silent black, black and yeah. white one. Black Remember and white. One? Had the dog. Yeah. Yep. Funny Money with Chevy Chase. 
which is a later Chevy Chase, but still a Chevy Chase. She did. She was in Rudy, the Rudy Giuliani story from 2003, which I think uh, might be a different story now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that story changed (laughs) quite a bit. This is the prequel, you know. She was in Along Came a Spider with Morgan Freeman. Okay. She was in Rocky Marciano, which is like a mob movie. She did a lot of mob type movies. She was in The Last Dawn, which is based on a Mario Puzo story, which is, uh, he's the one that wrote The Godfather, which I read that one too. Carlito's Way, another, like, mob movie. She was in the Chaplin biopic with, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Oh. The Gun and Betty Lou's Handbag. She was Betty Lou. That was kind of a big one in 92. Other People's Money with Danny DeVito. Kindergarten Cop. You've oh. heard of that, right? With yeah, yeah. Arnold. Yeah. Awakenings with Robin Williams. The Freshman with Matthew Broderick and Marlon Brando. Big Top Pee-wee with Pee-wee Herman. Okay. She was in Bloxy Blues also with Matthew Broderick. So much stuff. Staying elsewhere in Miami Vice. But the most important thing, of course, outside of Family Ties that she was in, she's in Adventures in Babysitting. She's Brenda. Oh, the friend. The friend that loses her glasses. Yes. Yes. And that was the same year that this Family Ties episode came out. So that's like her contemporary look with that movie, which is why I instantly recognize it because I love that movie. Wow. Yeah, I did not put that together. Remember, like, she's at the, the train station. She loses her glasses, and she finds yep. it. She's, like, totally blind without him, so she finds a cat, and she's, like, petting it. And then everyone's, like, backing away from her, and they're like, that's a, <laughs> that's a rat, lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's Penelope Ann Miller. Wow. Big star. And, I mean, this wasn't her first thing, but this was, like, I think four or five acting roles in. So, you know, very early on for her. Yeah. Interesting. Pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. That's a good movie. Heidi's like, oh, we should show that to the girls. And I said, well, I don't know that we're ready for that one just yet. Yeah, it's definitely, interestingly enough, they edited some bad language out of it on on the Disney Plus version of it. Oh, so, okay. That's like a better well, maybe option. Maybe we you can. Know. Okay. But there's also like a uh, large subplot with an adult magazine that's not like super explicitly explained, but it definitely. Oh, that's right. Because the brother was looking at that. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, depending on how observant they are, I mean, that could totally go over their heads or that could be like, what is that all about? You know? So, yeah. You know, I think up. that's an over their heads kind of thing. Hopefully, it probably is. Could we watch it with our kids? You know, after I like previewed it and made sure. Right. There still is some language in it, though. But they like edited out the, the f bombs anyway. You know. Okay. Well, that's good then. Yeah. It's a great hmm. movie, though. Well, I thought we would just give it another couple of years. So that's our guest stars. Yeah, that's a great batch of guest stars. You delivered that like uh, the second gentleman did. Oh, the delivery, delivery man. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that one didn't land. Hopefully you edit that one out. <laughs> I might or I might clip it in. You never know. Well, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Penelope and Miller was married to uh, Will Arnett for one year. I did not know that. Yeah, from 94 to 95. Wow. I bet Janelle would have known that. Seems like a match made in heaven. Briefly in heaven, I suppose. Yeah, or briefly. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> wow. And he was married to Amy Poehler? So I... I never watched Parks and Rec um, back what? when it was on originally. I know. I didn't have time. I worked nights or whatever when it was All on. Right, that's so a good excuse. Whatever. Yeah. 
So I've kind of started rewatching that. That's the show that I just turn on like when I'm doing something and yeah. I need background noise. Oh my gosh, that show is so good. I lo- like season one. Everybody's always like, oh, season one's terrible, blah, blah, blah. Well, I liked it, so, but whatever. But now I'm on season two and it is so good. It is. I, I don't think season one was bad. I think it just takes, you know, it's like ramping up. Like it's good, but it's not like incredible yet. And it gets incredible. Like that show, it's a great show. Aubrey Plaza, so good. And, oh, so good. I love that show so much. Rashida Jones, I mean, she just shows up and they, you know, I just watched the episode uh, earlier this weekend and it was the 93 appointments where uh, April has been signing up Ron Swanson for all these different appointments and he has 93 now on one day. <laughs> and she's like, I didn't think you. it was a real day. And, he, and he's like, <laughs> no, there is a March 31st. <laughs> So he's got everybody just taking appointments for him. Oh, <laughs> such a great show. It is a really great show. And I it laugh just out keeps loud. going. It just keeps going and getting better and better. Like, you're going to love oh, it. Great show. I mean, not as good as Family Ties, though. So that was a horrible uh, sidetrack. But there you go. <laughs> uh, there's room for other shows to be good. That's okay. Sure, but sure, sure. Family Ties is the best. It is. Sha-la-la-la. Well, we did have an interesting song featured in this episode. Did you catch the song, the one that he sang on the mandolin? It was actually a real song. I, okay, so I didn't think it was a real song. I thought yes. it might have been like a poem or something, maybe. Or, well, I mean, he only sang the one line, so. He did. He did, you know, a lot of the poetry that they read throughout the episode was like, you know, real poems by real poets. But the song is called I Gave My Love a Cherry or The Riddle Song in parentheses. There's no person that's credited with writing it. It's a traditional song, um, an English folk song that was carried over by settlers to the American Appalachians, actually, according to Wikipedia. But it was very popular throughout the 20th century as well, it was re-recorded a number of times by a lot of different artists. Burl Ives, Pete Seeger, Joan Baez, Tennessee Ernie Ford, etc., etc., Carly Simon. It's an interesting one. It's actually a song that I'm like really familiar with. And this is a very personal story. But my mom would always sing like, you know, a lullaby to us kids, mm-hmm. you know, when we were little and stuff. But like she had a different one that she sang for each of us. You know, even though we would hear each other's song, like we each had our own like specific lullaby, which I always just thought was super cool. And this song was actually like my brother's lullaby. I don't know if this is like a thing other people did. Maybe my mom was just cool and you know, but yeah, so this was like my brother's lullaby. So like I know the song very, very well. Wow. Yeah, it's and it's like the reason it's called the riddle song is it talks about all these things. It's I gave my love a cherry that had no stone. Which is like the you know the pit in the middle. The pit, yeah. Which I found out those are poisonous. Yeah, they have uh, arsenic cyanide. in them. Or cyanide. Arsenic, that's it. That's it. Oh. No, arsenic? It has one of those things. You're not supposed to eat them because it will kill you. Yeah, same thing with Cherry apple pits. seeds um, as well. <laughs> You have to eat a lot of them for it to like be bad enough. Right. I don't know how many cherry seeds you have to eat before you die, but because I feel it's like you know people have swallowed them and have not died. No, it definitely would require more than one, but you don't want to try to eat them for sure. No, no, no. It's not going to be on my new uh, bucket list of thing, fun things to do. So 
Well, anyway, this Cherry song, there's different lyrics and versions of it. And I don't know. It's just kind of like cool hearing it. Like it was like weirdly emotional, like out of totally out of context. Yeah. A little bit of the lyrics here. Oh, this is why it was a lullaby. I gave my love a cherry that has no stone. I gave my love a chicken that has no bone. I told my love a story that has no end. I gave my love a baby with no crying. And then it says, oh. how can there be a cherry that has no stone? How can there be a chicken that has no bone, etc.? And then the third verse explains that a cherry, when it's blooming, has no stone. Uh, mm, a chicken, okay. when it's pippin, has no bone, because like they're still cartilage. The story of I love you has no end, and a baby, when it's sleeping, has no crying. Oh, there okay. That's the oh, little nice. and That's why it's called the riddle song, because it presents these like interesting little things. Oh, what an awesome song. Yeah. So not to be like weirdly emotional about like a random song in an episode, but that was kind of cool to hear. Sha-la-la-la. Well, were there any jokes or bits of stuff you wanted to go over that I missed? Yes, I would like to submit the entire episode. <laughs> it was great, right? Yeah. One of my favorite things is when Steven is talking to Elise about Andy wanting a dog. And, oh, you know, Elise is like, oh, what are you holding? And he's like, oh, it's drawings from Andy. And, oh, yeah, Andy drew Mallory leaving home because <laughs> she's allergic to dogs. Because <laughs> she's allergic to dogs. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. And then the Skippy and Nick moment when they're doing the poetry club meeting at the house. Like, Nick comes in, he looks at Skippy, he's all, oh, hey, you know. Hey. And Skippy's all, hey. And then he's like, hey, I know that guy. Like, he's my friend. Like, you know, looking for a little street cred and i thought oh that was kind of a touching moment because yeah. uh like one of the last episodes we saw the two of them together i feel like they were fighting each other right well, skippy was fighting and nick was like oh the little guy <laughs> <laughs> both of them in love with mallory and so i thought that was really kind of a fun moment and a touching moment with just between the skippy and the nick so yeah i don't know about why i just said the, the skippy and the nick because well they are the skippy and the nick i mean yes that's true the definitive article is accurate in this case <laughs> oh. The little bit at the beginning when she's fussing over Colin coming over and she says, I don't want Colin Spencer to think I'm dumb because I have Pop Tarts instead of croissants. And Alex is like, Sorry, Mal, didn't mean to blow your cover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but when she gave her synopsis of the poem, yeah, she's same old Mallory. Yeah, that's great. I thought it was kind of touching, though, like when she was talking to Elise at one point and she's like, you know, I felt special in the class and I felt like somebody cared about my opinion on something. And I think deep down, like, you know, that's kind of what all of us crave is we just want to feel validated for our thoughts and feelings. And so and that's not my life lesson in this episode, but I just thought that that was I feel like Mallory is kind of getting more like, you know, deeper into herself and figuring out who she is. The older she gets and the more she's attending college and taking these courses. Although she does still think of the mall when she puts on clothes that she bought there. So there's still a little bit of old Mallory in there. Oh, there's 100% old Mallory. But I think it's pretty funny the way that the writers are writing her. Just giving her so much more depth of a character. Yeah. Even though she's kind of, you know, goofy and lightheaded in her everyday interactions. Yeah, she's become a more three-dimensional character. For sure. So much more. sha la 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 well, if that's not your moral, what is your moral for the story? So my moral is just because somebody makes you feel special doesn't mean that they really care. Hold on to the ones that love you and keep your guard up. 
That's good. Well, I just think about like the people that kind of come in and out of your life and, you know, they might, they need you for something or they want to use you for something and they're nefarious to say the least. To the point where she was about to give up Nick for this guy. She was. And Nick just has nothing but love for her. Yeah, he's special that way, according to Elise. (laughs) Yes, he is. (laughs) My takeaway was something I got from Elise, which was just don't look for personal value and interests and abilities in other people. You know, you have to look look at yourself and find your own self-worth outside of other people's approval because she was ready to give up on this new world of poetry that she discovered and was actually pretty good at just because this guy... And I think that was good advice. Like, don't let him ruin it for you just because he didn't turn out to be who you hoped he would be. True. I mean, she was finding kind of joy and excitement in poetry, and she's just going to throw it away now because that guy's a chump. She was able to spew some very poetic lines. She did. And she delivered them quite well. She did. It was a very, very fun episode. Yeah, super good. Super fun to see Skippy and and Nick again. So I was very, very glad when I looked over and I'm all, Skippy! Yes, very happy to see that. (laughs) I gotta say, that delivery boy really elevated the episode, too. The way he he brought the flowers, it was believable. Unbelievable. That guy, I bet, had a long and awesome career. Definitely. At least three or four additional credits to that. (laughs) oh poor guy especially the way that he knew as a delivery person to deliver the flowers to the kitchen door not the front door like yeah i mean that really takes special delivery training you know (laughs) it does maybe he just kind of circles the house first to see where people are at and then he knows what door to go to so he's like a creeper delivery man (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. peeking in all the windows first you know some people say peeping tom other people say delivery boy I think we could be onto something there. <laughs> oh. Sha-la-la-la. I think we're on to the end of this episode because it's been a great episode and it's time for us to wrap it up. Well, that is sad, but also I have one more note to go back to the Monopoly. Oh. Heidi uh, sent me a meme the other oh. day and it made me laugh hard and I thought of you. It just says across the top, I know what happened here and it looks like Somebody had flipped like a, a coffee table in the living room and there's Monopoly board pieces everywhere and the board's kind of all laying jumbled on the side there. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it made me laugh hard. And she goes, yep, this is the way I want to play when I play with you. Now, wait, that reminds me. Did we ever read the Monopoly letter from Janelle? No. We haven't, have we? No, we haven't. We have a, an email that we got actually addressing the Monopoly issue. Oh, great. So Janelle's going to not be on my side, I'm sure. Well, the subject of this email is weighing in on Monopoly Gate, and it is, as you predicted, from Janelle. Just because she's my wife doesn't mean it doesn't count as a letter to the show. No, it totally counts, especially when she's addressing something so important. It is. She says, hi, guys. This is Janelle. Glad you are back in action. Love all the wives talk on the recent episodes. Makes my day. That's good. Nice. Okay, we got approval. She says, all right, the Monopoly question. I side with Fidey, P-H-E-I-D-I. That's Team Phil and Heidi. (laughs) Phil and Heidi, yeah. Yes, Team Fidey here. Uh, She says, sorry, Keith. I would be so seething mad if I was about to win Monopoly and someone pulled out their hidden money to make a sneak attack. Ugh, with five exclamation points. (laughs) But I do agree that you can put a disorderly pile and do it that way. That way you can do your sneak attacks legitimately. 
That's my okay. two cents. Or should should I say two hundred dollar bills? Because that's Ooh. what Keith hides during Monopoly. No, I usually try to hide a five hundred. Then she says, "But seriously, love your guys' show, and it makes me happy while doing boring stuff. I lol all the time." Okay, talk to you too soon, Janelle V. Oh, <laughs> Janelle, that's an awesome letter. Thank you for writing that, <laughs> even though you're on uh, the wrong team. Team Fighty. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think. I think we're in the right here. Obviously, uh, Heidi still agrees, so. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are like Spider-Man's backup. Team Fighting Man. <laughs> Fighting Man, yeah, that's right. That's good. If we ever have a team up, we've already got our great name, so. <laughs> right. Perfect. <laughs> oh, well, better luck for me next time. Yeah, sorry. Oh, and, and by the way, I was editing our previous show, and our kids were in the room hearing me talk to you about it, and they both chimed in in person and said no they would not be on your side either so yeah i'm not surprised by that <sighs> sorry about that yeah well i mean wrong side of history right side of history you know I'll, i <laughs> time I will tell i suppose <laughs> <laughs> but janelle already did tell so now we know <laughs> <laughs> well yeah <laughs> and the kids so besides that and you and it's, heidi it's and... been told <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i guess it's not a tale as old as time after all i guess not Sha-la-la-la. This has been a fantastic episode. We want to thank all of you, dear listeners, for joining us on this adventure. Thank you, Keith, so much for being an excellent co-host. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Where could our dear listeners get a hold of us if they'd like to write in and tell us a thing or two about what's going on with them? Well, they should send us an email at alexpkeatonismyfriend at gmail.com. That's right. That's where Janelle sent us an email, and you, dear listeners, can do the same. Please do so. Phil, if you wanted to find us on Facebook and join a really cool group that talks about family ties, number one, and Alex P. Keaton being our best friend, number two, and then maybe somebody, you know, wanted to see a photo of something that we've done recently or something fun that Janelle posted, where would they find it? Yes. Well, if you want to find the amazing pictures of Keith in his diamonds and denim outfit... And what you need to do is go to Facebook and find our group, which is called A Group for the Friends of the Alex B. Keaton is My Friend podcast, and you will see them there. Join our group, participate in the conversation, and see the bedazzled behind of Keith. (laughs) I'm looking at the picture now, and it is uh, slightly bedazzled. And I'm still, I was wearing my uh, sparkly shoes. It's pretty fantastic. You guys need to see it. (laughs) diamonds and denim it was diamonds and denim so (laughs) it's a good thing you know i had plans that i was gonna wear like a big bedazzled necklace and get like fake clip-on earrings and uh, you know heidi talked me out of it at the last minute she said (laughs) maybe you don't want to do that i say you win the perfect amount of all out yeah i at least for me it's a good amount yeah can't wait to see what next year's theme is I can't either. Hoping for rubies and rhinestones, but we'll see. <laughs> well, we did have Roaring Twenties a couple years ago, you know, because that was our first year back oh, after yeah. pandemic, and that was fun. Roaring Twenty Twenties now you could do if you want to do a throwback, you know. Oh, that's right. Everyone wear masks and stay, you know, six feet apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. So thank you again to everyone for joining us, and we'll see you next time on another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is My Friend. What would we do, baby, without us?
What would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no nothing we can love each other through. What would we do, baby, without us? Shalala. Ah, oh, so good.